Parents might want to help as well. Okay, adults, what does resurrection mean? Anyone? Coming to life. There we go. Uh, resurrection, when we talk about resurrection, we're usually, we're talking about Jesus' resurrection because Jesus died and then Jesus rose to life again. That's what resurrection means. It means rising to life. And for the last couple of weeks, children, the grown-ups have been thinking about what Jesus' resurrection means for us. Because did you know that if you trust in Jesus, then you get a resurrection too? So just as Jesus rose from the dead, if you trust in Jesus, you one day too will rise from the dead. We will be raised just like Jesus was. So... 2,000 years ago, Jesus, who was forever in eternity past, the Son of God, he became a human baby. And he lived a human life. And then when he died on the cross, he died a human death. And then he rose to life in a human body, just like ours. And he did all of this so that we can be raised like him. It's a bit like this. Now, for this, I'm going to need some volunteers. I need one grown-up volunteer, and I need three children volunteers. One grown-up volunteer and three children volunteers. Who have I got? Have I got a child volunteer over here? Brilliant. Um, do you want to come down to by Arthur over here? Um, and, in fact, Arthur, can, can you be my adult volunteer? There we go. Brilliant. Um, and I need two more children. We've got one at the back there. You want to come down the front here to... Arthur, do you want to stand up? Um, do you want to come around here? There's Arthur. Uh, and one more. Someone a bit older. I'm going to pick on someone. I'm going to pick on Alice, because she's just in my line of sight. Okay, so what are we going to do? Um, well, Arthur, you get to play the role of Jesus, okay, in this, this little example. And what I want you to do is form a conga line, okay? So, um, Alice, hands on Arthur's shoulders, and then, um, I don't know your names, I'm sorry, but behind Alice, sort of hold on to Alice from behind, and then finally hold on uh, uh, from behind. And what we're going to do is we're going to see how Jesus' resurrection is linked to our resurrection. So, Arthur, I'm going to tell you, do you want to walk to the back? See, so Arthur's going to the back, and everyone, because they're holding on to him, they follow behind Arthur. Can, if uh, children can't see you, you can maybe stand on your chairs. Okay, Arthur, um, over to the window here, please. Over here. Okay, so Arthur's going over here, and we can see everyone's following behind him, okay? And now, yeah, walk towards the window, maybe a little bit faster, otherwise we'll be here all day. Okay, brilliant. And now, do you want to come down to the front here, uh, to where John is? Okay, so what's going on? Where Arthur goes, everybody else follows. Where Arthur goes, everybody else follows. And it's like that with Jesus' resurrection. Brilliant. Do you want to just loop around to where you were before? Um, okay, carry, carrying on with the conga, carrying on, just for one last thing. So where Arthur goes, everyone follows. And it's like that with Jesus' resurrection. Where Jesus goes, those who trust in him follow. And so Jesus went through death on the cross to resurrection, being raised to life. And it's the same with us. Thank you very much. Everyone can...
just like where Arthur went, um, all three people followed on behind him. And it's like that with Jesus. Jesus goes through death and is raised to new life. And if we trust in him, it's like we're holding on to Arthur and following everywhere he goes. We will go through death to resurrection. We will be raised to life with Jesus. That is what we're looking at this week. Uh, well, that's what we've been looking at with the grown-ups the last two weeks. But the question is, what will our resurrection be like? What will our resurrection be like? Uh, when will it happen? And that's what we're looking at this week. Um, so I'm going to get Jog back up uh, to read the Bible passage. Um, this is the Bible passage, if you'd like to flick to it, and then I will come back up and explain it to us. So over to Jog. Starting from verse 34, page 1157. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds have another. And fish, another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind. And the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor. The moon, another. And the stars, another. And star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. 
He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that labour in the Lord is not in vain. Thank you so much, Jog. I'm just going to pray for us children, so if you want to pause colouring for a minute, I'm just going to pray that God will help us today. Father God, thank you that you speak to us, and I pray that you would help us to listen to you now, uh, listen to your words, so that we might um, celebrate uh, the Lord Jesus and his resurrection more, and be excited about the future that you have for us. Amen. So, today, we're thinking, what will our resurrection be like and there's one big thing about our resurrection that's the same as now, and there's one big thing that is different. One big thing the same, and one big thing that's different. So first, one big thing that's the same. When we are raised from the dead, we will still have bodies. We'll still have bodies. We're not going to be like ghosts wafting around. You will be recognisably you, and I will be recognisably me. If you think about Jesus' resurrection, when he rose from the dead, he had a body. People saw him. People touched him. He even had breakfast with his followers. He was not a ghost. He had a physical body like the body he had before. And Paul tells us in today's passage that it is a bit like this. In verse 37, he talks about sowing seed. Now, you're probably not going to be able to see very clear, but I have here some seeds. Paul says, when you sow, you don't plant the body that will be, but you plant just a seed, maybe of wheat or something else. Well, this is something else. Can anybody see from what I've got here, what I might have here, what type of seeds might these be? Any ideas? Beans. Brilliant. They are runner bean seeds, okay? So what do you do, what do you plant in order to grow beans? Obvious question. What do you plant in order to grow beans? You plant bean seeds. And very obvious question, but what do you get if you plant a bean seed? You get beans. That's what Paul says in verse 38. He says, but God gives it a body as he's determined, and to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. If you plant bean seeds, you get beans. Now, I've got a question. What happens if you plant carrot seeds? Children, what do you think happens if you plant carrot seeds? You get carrot. You get carrot. Are you sure you get carrot? Are you sure you don't get strawberries? No, no, okay. What happens if you plant sweet corn seeds? Anyone, what happens if you plant sweet corn seeds? You get sweet corn. Are you sure that you don't get watermelons? Are you sure? No, you're right, you get sweet corn. Okay, well. If you plant one type of seed, you get the same plant. That's what verse 38 says. It says, to each kind of seed, God gives it its own body. And it's not just the case with seeds. In verse 39, Paul says, not all flesh, that is sort of living creatures like animals, is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. So what happens if a dog gets pregnant? What is the dog going to have? 
Are you sure the dog is going to have puppies? Is the dog not going to have kittens? No, that's silly, isn't it? Okay, what about if a chicken lays an egg? What is the chicken's egg going to have? It's going to be a chick. You sure it's not a crocodile? We're definitely sure it's not a crocodile. That's silly, isn't it? Dogs have puppies. Chickens have chicks. Carrot seeds grow carrots. Sweet corn seeds grow sweet corn. And Paul says it's similar with us. When we die and then when we're raised from the dead, we will still have bodies like now. In fact, Paul says that, uh, sorry, so in God's new world, we will have human bodies and we won't be ghosts. We won't be like kind of without bodies floating around. Paul actually says that that idea is as silly as dogs giving birth to kittens. The idea that when we're raised from the dead, that we'll just kind of float around without bodies is as silly as dogs giving birth to kittens. No, we will be recognisable. I will be recognisable as me. You will be recognisable as you. Because that is what Jesus' resurrection was like. When he rose from the dead, he had a body. People saw him, they touched him, and they recognised him. And it's the same for us. So that is one big thing that is the same about our resurrection. Now, one big thing that's different. In God's new world, the one big thing that's different is that our bodies will be perfect. Now, don't get me wrong. Our bodies can be pretty great. But what happens when you fall over? You get hurt. What happens if you catch a cold? You get sick. Our bodies are great, but actually they're not perfect. And actually, one day, our bodies are going to die. But in God's new world, our bodies won't die. They won't get sick. They won't even get tired. They will be perfect. And so in verse 42 of today's passage, Paul says, the body that is sown, that is the body that dies, these bodies now, is perishable. They perish. They die. But... The body that is raised is imperishable. That is, it's going to live forever. In verse 43, it says, The body is sown in dishonor and raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and raised in power. Our old bodies get hurt and they get sick and they get tired. But our new ones won't get hurt. They'll always be healthy. They'll never run out of energy. They will be so much better. Now, children, um, have a look at this picture. Can anybody tell me what this picture is? It's a minion. Not just a minion, a minion cake. Birthday ideas here, anyone? No, it's quite difficult. Okay, what a... And what's this, then? Okay, that's like the real thing, right? We had minion cake, but now this is like the real thing. Okay, what about this? Can anyone tell what this is? This is a bit weird. I'll give you a clue. It's something you can do with a bottle that makes it go up into the air. It is a rocket. It's a bottle rocket. Now, what about this one? That is a proper rocket, isn't it? that's, That's pretty shiny. Okay, what about this? What's this? It's an elephant, yeah, okay. And what about this? A real elephant. That's a real elephant. So 
We've got here a rocket, we've got a minion, and we've got an elephant, and they're all recognisable, aren't they? You can see what they're like. But these ones are so much better. They're so much better. They're, they are the real thing. And Paul says it's an amazing thing. Our bodies now are like these ones. They're recognisably human. You can tell what they are. But our bodies then are going to be so much better. It's as if they're the real bodies and we're just like the minion cake. In God's new world, our new bodies are going to be so much better. And actually, it's not just our bodies that are going to be so much better. It is the whole world. Another part of the Bible says that God is going to give the whole world a resurrection. So here's something for the children to do. On your sheets, there's a little box, um, and it says something like, uh, my resurrection body in God's new world. I would love you to draw your new perfect resurrection body that you get if you trust in Jesus, enjoying God's new world. So maybe think of, um, I don't know, one of your favorite places to go. Here's a picture of somewhere I've never been, but I would love to go, a beautiful place. Um, and if I'd had time, I would have drawn a picture of myself in this beautiful place. You'd have seen the stick figure on the screen because that's about my limits. Um, but why don't you take some time to draw a picture of you enjoying God's new world in your new resurrection bodies that we get if we trust in Jesus. And while you do that, uh, let me talk to the grown-ups for a bit because there's something in this passage that seems to say the opposite of what I've been saying so far. So we've said the one big thing that's the same is that we have bodies. But the one big thing that's different is that they are perfect. But in this next bit of the passage, it seems to say something different. So let me read it out again. The body is sown a natural body. This is verse 30, 30, um, sorry, 44. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. As is the heavenly man, so also are those of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so we shall bear the image of the heavenly man. Now, if you are like me, and actually if you're like many people today, this seems to be saying the opposite to what we've seen so far. Because in each of these verses, there is a contrast between the earthly and natural and the spiritual or heavenly. Is that not saying we have natural earthly bodies now, but a supernatural spiritual kind of floating on clouds type existence to come? Well, no. Because, well, here's the thing. Why do we think that a spiritual existence is automatically opposed to a physical one? Let me say that again. Why do we think that a spiritual existence is opposed to a physical one? So we look at the contrasts of this passage and we see natural, earthy, and we kind of put physical on that side. And so then when it comes to spiritual and heavenly, it's kind of not physical. The Corinthians would have done exactly the same thing. And actually, Paul is writing specifically to contradict that view, to say, no, spiritual is physical. Because here's the thing. 
in this passage, spiritual doesn't mean ghostly. It means empowered by the Holy Spirit. If we read earlier on in um, this letter to the Corinthians, actually Paul's already made this contrast. And what he does is he contrasts the natural man who cannot understand the things of God with the spiritual man who can because he has the Holy Spirit. So he's saying there are natural people and there are spiritual people and the difference is do you have the Holy Spirit? And here he's making the same contrast but in terms of our bodies. It's like, does it have an ordinary physical just empowerment, which is going to die, or does it have the Holy Spirit empowering it? Just in case you're not convinced, um, Romans 8, verse 11, Paul says, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. The spiritual body is one given life by the Spirit. So at the moment, we have, if we're Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, but our bodies are still mortal. But then, in God's new creation, God's Spirit will continually give life to our bodies so that they are perfect and they live forever. And just as spiritual doesn't mean ghostly, heavenly doesn't mean floating on clouds, like the Philadelphia advert we mentioned last week. Heaven is where God is, where God rules. So we pray in the Lord's Prayer for God's will to be done on earth as in heaven. And so our hope is not that we somehow escape from this world and go up to heaven. But rather, our hope is for the life of heaven to come down and to transform this earth. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. And so Paul says in Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. That is Jesus coming from heaven to earth, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So that is the Christian hope. It is the ultimate answer to the Lord's prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus will come down to earth at his return and bring the life of heaven with him to transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And so in today's passage, Paul is not contrasting a physical body with a non-physical one. Both bodies are physical. The difference is that one dies and the other, empowered by the Spirit, has life eternally. So, verse 49, just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, that is, Adam, like every human being who has ever lived, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man, that is, the resurrected Jesus, who has a perfect spirit-empowered, immortal body. Now, children, how's, how's the drawing going? I'm really disappointed that I didn't get to draw a stick figure on my thing, but um, can you hold up some of your drawings? Can I see what you've been doing? Is that all right? Brilliant. I can see a wonderful sun in the sky, lovely house and some trees. Oh, and then you've got your person there. Anybody else? Brilliant. 
Oh, very good. Thank you. Get them to show them your... Um, ask some children to show you their resurrection bodies afterwards. Um, that would be great. But let's all come back in together. So what have we learned so far? In God's new world, one big thing is the same. One big thing is the same. We will still have bodies like these ones. And if you've got uh, one of the handouts, you can write that in at the top. One big thing is the same. We still have bodies. One big thing is different. They are perfect bodies that will live forever, like Jesus' resurrection body. But that means I'm left with a question. In fact, two questions. Maybe you've got the same question. The first, when is God's new world coming? And secondly, what do we do in the meantime? Because it's not come yet. So, this is how we're going to finish. When is God's new world coming and what do we do in the meantime? So, in this passage, everyone, Paul says that God's new world is coming when Jesus comes back. So, in verse 51, it says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. Now, children, the last trumpet is a picture that the Bible uses to talk about when Jesus comes back. In the old days, when you went into battle, you used to have a trumpeter to kind of trumpet above the noise of the battle and to tell everyone what to do. So to sound a charge, you'd have a trumpet sounding. And you'd shout, charge! And the trumpet would sound and everyone would rush forward. In fact, you're all looking a little bit sleepy, so I want us to try that now. I'm going to count to three, and then I want everyone to shout out, charge, okay? So after three, one, two, three, charge! That's much better. You're much more awake now. Thank you. When Jesus comes back, he is coming back to defeat the biggest enemy that we have so that he can bring about God's new world. Now, lots of the books we read or the things we see on TV... Very good. We're going to charge again in a second, so, you know, hold it in. Um, lots of the books we read or the films we see have big baddies or enemies that need to be defeated. I wonder, does anybody recognise um, any of these ones? Has anyone seen The Incredibles 2? know who this is i've heard some people whisper it is the screen slaver yes very good okay what about this guy despicable me three balthazar brat who about this one luna girl yeah an enemy of the pj masks this one a little bit kylo ren i heard that very quickly from the back well done kylo ren in the new star wars films what about this final one? Thanos, brilliant. So here are a few baddies from the kind of TV uh, or books we might have watched. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to defeat the biggest baddie of them all. Now, Thanos, Thanos is a pretty big baddie because he wants to kill half of everything in the universe. That's, that's pretty bad. But when Jesus comes back, he is going to defeat an even bigger baddie, death itself. Thanos just wants to kill half of the universe, but death gets everyone in the end, and Jesus is going to come back and beat death. It's like J 
Jesus charges down from heaven to defeat death once and for all. The, the trumpet sounding, charge. In fact, let's, let's try this together again. I want everyone to stand up this time. Stand up. Now, this time I'm going to count down from three. Okay? I'm going to count down from three. Then we're going to shout, charge. Then the trumpet's going to sound, honestly. The trumpet's going to sound, and then we're going to read together the end of verse 54 and 55 together on the screen. Okay? So after three, shout charge. The trumpet will sound, and then we read all of this together. So, one, two, three. Charge! Okay, together. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Jesus is coming back to defeat death forever and to bring about God's new world where we will have perfect bodies and live together with him. Isn't that good news? Sit down. So that's what's happening. That's when God is bringing about his new world. It's when Jesus comes back. But what do we do in the meantime? What do we do when we wait for God's new world to come where we will have new resurrection bodies? Well, there's two things that we can do. And the first we've already done just then. We can celebrate. We can celebrate. In fact, verse 57 of this passage says, Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we do every Sunday when we meet together. We celebrate Jesus' victory. We celebrate his death where he died to defeat sin. We celebrate his resurrection where he rose to life to defeat death. And we celebrate the fact that he is coming again to defeat death forever. And to raise us too to resurrection life. We celebrate. But final point, we also work while we wait. That was the closest kind of rhyme alliteration thing. Celebrate and work while we wait. Now, children, I know it's not for a few months yet. And perhaps your parents won't love me for saying this. But Christmas is coming. So let's think about Christmas for a second. Christmas is great, right? There's being on holiday, there's all the presents, there's all the food. But what's it like waiting for Christmas? What's it like waiting for Christmas? Well, I don't know about you, but in my family, we have a lot to do to get ready for Christmas. So we have to put up the Christmas tree, we have to put out the Christmas cards, we have to buy the vegetables, prepare the vegetables, get the turkey... We need to wrap up all the presents. There's lots to do while we wait for Christmas. We have to get ready. And Paul says it's the same for us now. Waiting. Very well done. For those who don't know, the children have a sermon bingo thing, and he has just completed it. Well done. You have won a runner bean. Um, so Paul says it's the same for us now, waiting for Jesus to come back. In verse 58, it says, Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. By living and speaking for Jesus now, we're getting ready for him to come back then. So we work while we wait. We give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Now, what does that look like? Now, Children, 
One of the things that might look like is actually working hard to learn about the way God has made the world now. So we can do that through reading the Bible. We can do that at school. God gave us this world to enjoy and to get to know. And he's going to remake this world in the future. And so actually one way we can get ready is to get to know God's world now. But also we need to get others ready for Jesus to come back. And so we need to be sharing the good news of Jesus with other people. Because we want our friends and families to have resurrection bodies in God's new world too. And so we have to tell them how God has defeated sin by Jesus' death and defeated death by Jesus' resurrection. Remember the conga line at the beginning. Where Arthur went, everyone followed behind. Where Jesus goes, everyone follows. And so we need people to put their trust in Jesus so that where Jesus goes, they will follow too. Because then we will know they will go through death to resurrection with Jesus. And finally, grown-ups, this does actually mean that we can work hard at whatever God has called us to, however mundane, because we know that our work for the Lord is not in vain, verse 58. Now, we don't always know how it's not in vain. Sometimes it's just that working hard at what God has called us to do in the here and now shapes our character and makes us more ready for God's new world. Sometimes what we do will directly contribute to God's new world in some way that we don't fully understand. But whatever, um, however it is not in vain, that's what Paul says here. In fact, earlier in his letter, he says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, you do it for the glory of God. In another letter, he says, work as if for the Lord with all your might. And he adds here, because you know that it is not in vain. We thought last week about the fact that the Christian life is modelled on Jesus' death and resurrection. And as we give ourselves now, or we give our lives, if you like, give ourselves to death now, God brings resurrection life. He brings about fruit. And we don't always see it, but Paul tells us our work is never in vain. So as we wait for Jesus to come back, we can work while we wait. So everyone, we've covered a lot today. Well done, children, for your attention. Hopefully it's been exciting stuff as we think about our resurrection bodies. So what have we done today? There's one big thing about our resurrection bodies that's the same. We'll still have bodies. One big thing that's different. They will be perfect. They will live forever. And when Jesus comes back to defeat death forever and to bring about God's new world, we will live there with him in our perfect bodies, with Jesus forever. And so that leads us to celebrate. Here and now we can celebrate what God has done for us and we can work while we wait, getting ready for Jesus to come back. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you so much for the resurrection of Jesus, where he defeats death, and for the fact that he's coming back to kind of make that victory permanent, where we will no longer suffer death, but we will have new resurrection bodies to live with him and you in your new world that you are making. Thank you so much for all of this.
Amen.